0: sometimes we miss out on the fact that like writing doesn't have to be a solo project it never has to be a solo project can if you want it to be but Mm -hmm. uh just like any other of the arts you can have a monologue or you can have a full theatrical production it doesn't matter and so it's all there to make art Uh, and so that's really what i was like let's do it and it's been a really fun ride since
1: hey writing pursuits authors welcome back to the podcast to those of you who are new, I want to extend a special welcome. My name is Katrice McKee, and I'm glad you're here. If you are a writer seeking encouragement, information, and inspiration, this podcast is for you. Let's get to it. Today, I have a guest, J.P. Rhineflesh, uh, and we will be discussing author collaboration. J.P. Rhineflesh is the co-author of the Ongoing Paranormal Humor Serial. NRDS, yes, it does sound like nerds. National recently deceased services. I love it. Alongside dialogue doctor J Jeff Elkins. And if you'll remember, there's a podcast a few times ago for Jeff Elkins. In addition, JP also has an ongoing collaboration with A. B. Cohen Cohen on a Paranormal Academy Urban Fantasy Project, the Leah Ackerman series. Their collaborations don't end there. And JP is also a co-host of Writers Inc. podcast where they engage in conversations with authors about their publishing experiences alongside such names as J.D. Barker, Christine Daigle, Kevin Tumlinson, and Patrick O'Donnell. On a local level, and this is something I'm really jealous of, I think it's really great, JP has created a group called Rockford Area Writers, which seeks to uplift local authors through craft and business and present them with opportunities to showcase their work to the public. Wonderful. They are also a three-story method editor, offering services from editing to coaching to help authors find their voice and confidence with their writing. So I am so pleased to have JP on the program. Welcome, J.P. Hello. Yay. Hello. <laughs> uh, we haven't seen each other for like almost 2 years, Forever. right? Yeah. Forever. I mean, yeah, it's been too every long. Once we're online it <laughs> online it doesn't count really.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. No. Not
1: as much as it should. It, not as much <laughs> as we would wish it did. I have a real easy question to begin with. One of the things you do is that author group can you tell us a little bit about Rockford area writers?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say a little under a year ago, I went to my like first local writers, authors meetup. And I realized that we had some groups in the area, but they just didn't offer a platform for authors to talk to each other. And it was really okay. strange. Um, we even have a guild in our area, but... Every month they get together on a Zoom meeting and really it's focused on one individual. But there isn't a lot of time for conversation to really oh, flow, yeah. nor is there a community to talk to. Like they don't have a a, a chat group. So I was like, this is an area that's missing. I tried to offer to kind of expand in those spaces, but no one was really interested in that. So I said, mm-hmm. I'll do it. Uh, and I made Rockford Area Writers. So that's in, um, awesome. Yeah. And in collaboration with the local um, independent bookstore hosted by Dave Pedersen, he hosts tons of events for authors. And I basically do uh, as much communication as I can to the local authors to get us over there. So it's this really fun joint collaboration effort uh, that is <laughs> both physical and online.
1: So, your middle name is Collaboration JP? <laughs> yes,
0: yes, 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a like joke in a ton of Slacks that I'm in that I will not st- stop talking about community or collaboration. So,
1: <laughs> awesome. No, that was great. So, JP, JP Collaboration, Rhine Flesh, the ninth. There we go. Yep. We, we figured it, it out. <laughs> <It's> right there. <laughs> and then, what is your most recent collaboration? I guess we already talked about that in your bio. But um which one is the, the newest one?
0: Well, there's another one.
1: There's a um a potential one and I don't think that she Ooh. would be
0: upset with me telling her them okay, but okay. Chris Kane we I may or may not know Chris Kane. Yes. Um we may or may not be working on something together uh both of us would be using pen names for it um just because so it is maybe or maybe not in the spicy range of things but okay. it is a really fun um project that we're we're kind of slowly going through so it's I, a, it's a very baby collaboration at the
1: moment i could see that being a really great collaboration Yeah. It's been fun so far. So how do you know collaboration? How did you know collaboration was for you? Obviously, it seems to be part of your personality, but how would somebody else know? I
0: didn't. So uh, Authors on a Train, 2020. This would have been January. So just before the thing we don't talk about. But um, (laughs) I went to L.A., um, and I joined Authors on a Train, which is being hosted by Jay Thorne and Zach Bohannon. Uh, and we took a train from LA to about San Francisco. Uh, and then we stayed in this really big mansion and there was about 10 of us. Uh, it was a hundred percent haunted, but it was wow. an Airbnb mansion. Awesome. And the whole goal of Authors on a Train was to write a short story with another author. It was a collaboration project. That, okay. that was the whole goal of it. And so. I was paired with A.B. Cohen, Abe, and we hit it off immediately. Like on the train, we became best friends. Oh, uh, I awesome. didn't really know him before. I kind of met him once or twice, but I didn't really know him before. Right. And we just hit it off. We were best friends. We were like, okay, we're going to write. Originally, we were going to write an epic, like a really short story, epic fantasy. And then it immediately turned into horror <laughs> because we were in a haunted mansion. We had to talk it's about perfect. the mansion. and It's perfect. perfect. Yes. yes. So, um, our first short story together was the rules, which, um, is available on both of our sites and it does tie into the bigger world that we then created. But I didn't know until I just did it. Uh, obviously like okay. I come from a manufacturing world, like where, you know, you, you work together, you work mm-hmm. in different departments, but you're all kind of going to it's that same goal. So right. many people experience that same concept. And I think that sometimes we miss out on the fact that like writing doesn't have to be a solo project. It never has to be a solo project can if you want it to be, but Mm -hmm. uh, just like any other of the arts, you can have a monologue or you can have a full theatrical production. It doesn't matter. And so it's all there to make art. And so that's really what I was like, let's do it. And it's been a really fun ride since.
1: How, how do you choose your collaboration partners? Well, obviously that one was serendipitous, but then you've had other people since then. (laughs) So And do you have a contract? Uh,
0: Yes. Okay. Contract, period. Always, every time. Okay. (laughs) That one is, uh, that one's right there with I, uh, when we are at the stage in which we have the potential to make profit, I want a contract signed. So, like, uh, I mean, the thing I mentioned with Chris, like, we don't, we're not spending money, we're not earning money at the moment because we're just Mm -hmm. in those baby first stages so there's no big reason to start a contract right there Uh, i trust her enough we've been friends for years there's no reason for that but once we get to the stage where we need to start spending money contract doesn't matter how close of a friend they are contract
1: well that's (laughs) the way to keep to stay friends is really to have it all worked out ahead of time yeah yeah.
0: yeah. It's those weird and hard topics that you just have to talk about. Like what, what happens if I don't want to do this project anymore? Well, in and is like, we talked about that and we said, well, in that event, you know, it, it exists as our IP. So I may get like 25% of it. If you work on a solo project within that story world, because we've created this big expansive world, but we have that written down. So it is clear. We right. have what happens when one of us dies, because again, you have to talk about it because uh, it could happen. And it did happen to Chris uh, with one of her co-writers. So oh,
1: that makes me sad. But yeah. Yeah,
0: it's unfortunate, but they had a contract. So it helped clarify everything that needed to happen.
1: That's really wise advice. I really like to hear that. I mean, I have contracts with my editing clients for the same reason, just because yeah. if it spells everything out and everybody's grown up and we have it all figured out ahead of time. So I yeah, think that's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I like yeah. the idea that you can kick it around a little bit, but then when it comes down to you know push comes to shove, then you're going to have that contract to settle Absolutely. everything. Great. Absolutely. So then that brings up the other side of things, which is money. How do you split expenses and income?
0: 50, uh, 50 period. Uh,
1: but how do you, I mean, do you like, Oh, who so does it for you? <laughs>
0: So, with Abe and I, I try to do the majority of it. If he finds something he's like, wow, let's really do this project, and he wants to head that up, then it's like, okay, I will fund my 50 50 to you. But Mm -hmm. otherwise, like, I'll be the one that will take care of the invoices. Like, we already talked about this ahead of time because of all the like plans that I had. We were publishing under what's called uh, Ninth Publishing, which is my publishing and associates. Because we just agree that that would make sense, and then that way I host where all the publishing is happening, and I I do all that, and so then when I get the income, I do all the splits and and what I need to do.
1: Okay, well I I guess I was asking because I know that with anthologies these days it seems like they might go through. Is it draft who does yeah the Draft2Digital does that yeah for you um which man. That takes all the guesswork (laughs) out of it, I guess. But I suppose I get a split uh, or or some kind of recompense for it. So y'all usually just split expenses 50-50. And I guess that also Mm -hmm. gets spelled out in the contract.
0: Yes, it's it's spelled out 100% in the contract that when we have a collabed project, it Mm -hmm. is 50-50.
1: I'm very much a kind of a control freak. So it's going to be really hard for me to get involved. (laughs) I've done anthologies before, but that's still your story. You know, a little little short Mm -hmm. story. How does a, does having a writing collaboration partner spark or smother creativity? And how do you work out style differences? This is a big
0: can of worms. So we're going (laughs) to (laughs) start. We're going to start somewhere. So. When Abe and I started, we wrote the short story together. I would recommend if you have never read or worked on a collaboration before, mm-hmm. so either read their work, uh, the person that you're going to work with, or have never done a collaboration before, write a short story with that person. Short stories are easy to get out of. <laughs> you can be like, you know what? This was great. Goodbye. You know, I'm done. Um, <laughs> Or you can keep going. But uh, short stories are the best way to figure out if that is a good collab person to work with oh, or not. That makes so um, much sense. Yeah, because like Abe and I, we we were able to figure it out really quickly. And in all honesty, in that first short story, I took away a ton of Abe's voice because I was the one that came in the back and I cleaned everything up and I mm-hmm. rearranged stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, at that first that was the first time I collaborated with someone. And in my head, it was how can I take this work and really do everything I can to it? Mm-hmm. And in the back of my head, I didn't know that what that meant, which was how can I take this work and turn it into my own?
1: And that's oh, not the answer. okay. That's a very good thing. So do y'all um, ask a third party now to do your like cleanup work as you call it? So what, what Abe and I do is he'll first draft.
0: And then uh, at this point, because I I learned where that barrier was mm-hmm. um, rather quickly, actually, with Abe, because we talked about it, because that's number one, it's a relationship. You have to communicate.
1: Right, right. <laughs> so
0: it was a very quick communication like, hey, I feel like you took my voice out. And we had a grown up conversation about it and we figured it out. <laughs> And then ever since then, uh, you know, he'll go back and he actually reads it after I do my as good as I can get it pass from Mm -hmm. his draft. Uh, And he'll just, you know, either accept things or he'll kind of look through it. Uh, We send it off to a couple people. Like we send it off to a copy editor and a proofreader. We originally did developmental editor as well because we just wanted that verification. But really, um, it was Jay. And um, (laughs) after the third book he felt like uh our ability to craft this story wasn't we didn't need him anymore for right. this story oh okay. because we just had such a grasp for it so we've moved on to just doing the copy editing and proofreading
1: so what i heard was that because y'all go back and forth then he gets the final kind of like okay look i feel like this I really want this line to be in there. I really want it to be said this way. So he has a chance yeah, yeah. to go back in and verify. Yeah. And <laughs> with um with the
0: Leah Ackerman series, our main protagonist is um Jewish. And okay. I I actually pushed Abe to bring more of that in because Abe is um a Venezuelan immigrant and Jewish. Okay. And I was like, we this character is perfect. But we need more of that we need more of that representation so i i pushed him to do that and so he i let him craft those pieces and really bring to light those pieces and really when i come in and i do the edits for those i'm like i take as much care around the edges as i can i'm just yes. like how can i make this sound better but this is his area yeah um and I mean, like we we both know our strengths and our weaknesses. When it gets to like weird occulty stuff, <laughs> usually that's where I come into play. When right. it's like horror, he's really good at starting that, and then I kind of just build off of that. So okay. it's we know where we interplay and where our weaknesses are at this point.
1: Is that like kind of urban fantasy horror? It's it's a dark urban
0: fantasy. Okay, uh, what it is it's. Yeah, it's a dark urban fantasy, secret societies and demons.
1: <laughs> oh, all right, okay. I just talked about that. Uh, I did a, an episode on fantasy tropes, and so um, that was that was one of the things I talked about was you know secret yeah. societies and all that kind of stuff. Writing Pursuits is run by Kathrice McKee, who has been trusted by fiction authors since 2014 to take their writing to a new level of excellence. Kathrice is a three-story method certified editor who specializes in story diagnostics, coaching, and line editing to help you prepare your story for the journey ahead. For more information, go to writingpursuits.com. The link is in the show notes. And now, back to the podcast. Can you give us a few tips or resources uh for getting started with writing collaboration? It is something I've always wanted to do. I'm I'm kind of looking for the right partner and the right time, but you know, how do I get started?
0: Yeah. I, honestly, <laughs> you just have to find a person that wants to do the collaboration. I mean, uh, you can read as much as you want in regards to collaboration, but really it's just writing. Like it's mostly just writing and making sure that you have a good relationship with a collaborator. So it's getting yourself out there and and finding writing communities, learning people's writing styles, talking about collaboration and seeing who else has those interests. You can't just email someone randomly and be like, hey, I want to collab with you or <laughs> or you can't I, I can't I'm not going to say you can't you can do many things. But it is strange to potentially email somebody and be like, "Hey, I have this idea," and send them a whole outline. That's not what collaboration no. is. That's, "Hey, yeah. I have I have this story idea, and I want it." And I've seen that. Um, so oh. that's why I'm noting that here. Like, don't do those things. Collaboration is a start from ground zero. Like, uh, Abe and I, Jeff and I, Chris and I, we all didn't have a story and we built it and we outlined it together. And that was the key is we had these meetings where we talked back and forth and we built a story. And then, uh, with Abe and Jeff, they first draft, and then I come in and i'll I'll do the edits and clean up with Chris and I we're doing back and forth a B um, chapters.
1: Are you each doing so, a different main character?
0: Yes, yes, okay. Um, okay. It makes it easier because then we can have those different voices and we know it. Like it's obvious. Like it's oh, it's a different character. Oh, it has a different voice.
1: Didn't Joanna Um, Penn do something like that? And I can't remember who she collaborated with, but they went back and forth with main characters as well. And so yes. And they were in different time zones, I think. But anyway, it was it was a pretty good so you know, like in the morning, here she get this, you know, whole fresh load of stuff and then she has to respond to it <laughs> yeah didn't wasn't that mark leslie the fave and it might joanna have Penn? been it might have been yeah but um was that the um uh, writers on a train i think joanna pin was on one of those to new orleans she
0: she was on the first one oh, okay. uh where it was zach J joanna and Lindsay
1: Broker. And Lindsay Baroker. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. so you
0: had you had Joanna who was at like this strange time. You had Lindsay Broker who was just like vomiting novels out of left and right. And right. that's what I remember. <laughs> so um, but yeah, yeah, that that's another thing. Like honestly, it's it's so difficult to say like what resources are out there because a lot of the ones kind of went away when COVID happened, but it was finding those. Writing events where you can write with people. Maybe it starts with an anthology where you're just writing a short story to join in, but mm-hmm. it's that networking. It's the community. That's where you figure it out.
1: That's where you figure it out. I get you. Abe Cohen is Leah Ackerman series. And yep. then The Nerds is with Jeff Elkins. Mm-hmm. Now that's a serial. Is that on Bella?
0: Yes. Yep. It's on Bella. We're
1: 78 episodes in at this wow. point. Wow wow that's impressive are y'all in i mean how does do you have an ending in mind or is that kind of a closely yeah, guarded yeah. secret so, <laughs> um we have an ending for so bella
0: it's like it's like where do i even start with this um bella doesn't call the released chapters chapters they call them episodes Episodes. so okay. they also call what would be considered about a novel a season <laughs> And I think the season part was actually picked up and chosen by authors as opposed to Vela because there's no like place to say season. It's just everyone knows and calls them seasons. Our first season of Nerds ended at episode 66, and then we novelized it. It's available on ebook and paperback. And then we are in what we call season two. And we have a plan for the end of season two. And then we just don't know where it's going to go from there because- right it's It's a dumb office meets uh ghostbusters kind of thing, <laughs> so it could go on forever or it could end at the season. It's really just a you know a, how are we or where are we at when we're done with that, and how's the audience?
1: That's just fascinating to me, and I love the idea that you can take the season and novelize mm-hmm. it and and release it to the world and it and it yep. has a life beyond Vela. It is a really wonderful way to get your
0: work very close to the reader in a way that you can't with eBooks, Uh Because when you're releasing it on a weekly basis, not only do you have something in social media that you can post every week about it, but you have these people, you see them reading through, you see, oh, are they... Are they reaching the last episode I published? Oh, are they liking that? Oh no, are they waiting for the next one to come out next week? You know, you get to see this the even if it's um they're not commenting, you get to see the statistics about like where they're at and where they stop. So it really impacts the way you write and I've seen a ton of people who may not have actually published their first ebook, start off on Vela, and at this point they have four, five, six novels already published because they started on Vela and they were just able to keep that accountability to themselves.
1: So how would you compare writing for Vela to writing with Abe based on the fact that one's a series, a serial fiction and one is a n- novels? So with Jeff,
0: I get uh, an episode or a chapter every week. Um it's about Twenty to twenty five hundred words. They're they're kind of long. Jeff's Jeff's a little verbose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of dialogue.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, in terms of like Jeff and my relationship, like we have this constant. I'm getting stuff from him, and and kind of going through that. And it's kind of this weekly. I get to see where he's taking the story from. Uh, The little prompts that I give him and when we develop the outline, um, because we'll develop the outline together and then I'll make like dumb prompts because again, (laughs) nerds is all about trying to make each other laugh. That's the whole point. We don't even care if there's an audience. We're just like, are we laughing? (laughs) Um, So I make silly prompts like one of our characters finds a new love for cleaning and then he writes a chapter, and it turns out that the character has now a mop that uh, he's fallen in love with, named Wanda. And then I have to go and edit that and figure out what we're going to do with this mop that it now exists. Um,
1: <laughs> the, the, the what's
0: it, the magician's apprentice, or <laughs> basically? Um, dun, dun, so. Dun, 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 dun. so uh, in terms of that like with with jeff and with velas it's it's more of a constant flow like i I get to see and i get to feel the story and i get to um edit as we go with abe it may be months on end before i see a draft and then all of a sudden i've got a draft and i've got a whole book and i'm like we gotta work through that um (laughs) and so like right now i'm working on book four um and I'm, I'm getting a feel because it has been a long time since we've done the outline for it, just because of the natural process of writing a whole, whole novel. It takes a whole time. novel. It takes a while. Um, <laughs> so, so I, there's that, that greater distance um, mm-hmm. in collab with a novel than there is with a serial.
1: Unless you're doing it like the back and forth like you're doing hopefully. Exactly. Doing Chris.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So that that was that was a pretty good summary and a pretty good look into the different you're like you've got all kinds of things going on with collaboration. So in all different methods. It's a little complicated to keep up, I imagine. So a lot. <laughs> what things are you trying, you know, would you like to promote? Because I know there's a few things coming up.
0: I have my own solo stuff. The next two things that are coming out for me are, are solo stuffs. Actually three. Um. Wow. <laughs> I've got next month. Um uh, uh, hopefully I don't have a date yet, mm-hmm. but a uh, story hypothesis is coming out. It is a short nonfiction piece about my opinions on theme um, and how to use Max Nief's uh, nine fundamental needs to develop that theme. I have a. Uh, no, I'm looking
1: forward to that, by the way, because I've good. heard you talk about theme. And so, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that book.
0: And then in around October, I have Mandrake Manor. Uh, that was a serial and uh it will now be a ebook uh and paperback and that is a queer cozy fantasy i'm calling it a a suburban fantasy because it is okay (laughs) it's basically like uh practical magic uh meets hbo's looking uh which is a queer uh romance story so it's a really fun fun thing that i've got working on um
1: and it was a ser- it was a serial first,
0: yes, that was a serial first, oh
1: okay, there you go. got feedback for readers, I imagine mm-hmm.
0: that's golden yeah. actually, yeah, I'm really excited because it had a pretty decent feedback um in terms of it being on vela like I knew that people wanted the story and that they were interested in it um enough that I'm like, yeah, I'm publishing this thing like yeah yes. I'm this <laughs> um and yeah then- that's that's where I'll end it with the <laughs> the promo stuff
1: (laughs) okay yeah and then what about the the book three then of leah ackerman last month right yeah book book three came out last month you are correct
0: um book three deceived bishop uh that one is excellent uh we're really excited for some readers to get to that and we keep getting the same response which is exactly what we wanted so uh I'm not gonna spoil anymore, but uh, it was definitely very exciting to to hear some of our um, readers that really like the series read that one and then just immediately message us like, "Oh, good, we got gotcha. you." Um, and I'm working on book four, and that one we're hoping to come out uh, March potentially sooner, but March.
1: Yeah, but March is well, and that's a good time for like that's considered to be young adult, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good time for that to come out right before you know spring break, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to have to have you come back on and talk about story hypothesis because it's an important, (laughs) I think it's an important thing for authors to think about. And, and you've said in my, my hearing that some things that really stuck with me. And so I just, I really want to get the word out about that. I think it's great. Um, Is there anything else that I should be asking you about?
0: I think one thing I want to tell your listeners because i will not stop getting off of the soapbox is local uh there is a local writing community around you whether or not there is a group that exists for it there is one and if the groups do not function the way that you would like to see and um you have the the space or you have other author friends there make it it's you can do that. You're Make allowed it happen. Um happen. <laughs> uh, local honestly has been one of the best supports that I've, I've had. Uh, I've been lucky enough to have a local independent bookstore that really supports the local authors uh, mm-hmm. provides space for us and is willing to um, hold and support our, our merchandise when we, when we sell it and promote it as, as they see fit. And uh, like your local libraries, they host workshops. they, they, would love if they had local authors. Uh, Most local libraries would love that. Uh, If you have something that you want to tell, either it's a story or it's a method or it's something, like, they want these workshops. They would love it. So really, I think at this point in time where we are seeing mass advancements with technology, one of the biggest and most important things is to put a face behind what you do. And then I know for some people that is not great. However, (laughs) I will say, uh, there are even authors who wear creepy, uh, like horrific masks and that's all that they, they have, they do not have their face on Instagram. And yet again, they have a presence, uh, that is something that is tangible for people to, to interact with. And I think that even if it is not in a local physical space, having that presence and collecting that community is super important. Um, So I just, I think that you should get out there. You should see what is available to your local area. And if you don't like what you see, make something different.
1: I completely 100% agree. Well, um, I really want to thank you for, spending your evening with me and spending some time with me and giving me the lowdown on collaboration. And I know my, my, my listeners are going to enjoy it. So thanks so much, JP. And I hope to talk to you again very soon about the story, the story hypothesis. Absolutely. All right. Well, you have a good evening. You too. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a star rating and follow the podcast. If you're new around here, I hope you will sign up for Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors, my newsletter that comes out most Thursdays when health and life permit. That link and all the links mentioned in today's episode are in the show notes at writingpursuits.com. Please join us on Wednesdays for new episodes and keep writing, my friends. Keep writing.